Unbillable Hour Community Table, where real lawyers from all around the country with real issues they are dealing with right now meet together virtually to present their questions to Christopher T. Anderson, lawyer and law firm management consultant. New questions every episode, and none of it scripted. The real conversations happen here. Today's episode centers around a single question regarding the client intake process that developed into a larger discussion about how to effectively use the non-attorney salesperson in a way that meets client expectations. Let's continue on with this theory of the intake procedure. I was thinking about it and I agree that the cycle of the getting them to sign on should not be that hard, that long. And we, or even it's not even like time. It's, it's the number of steps. It's like it's the number of steps. Correct. I used to Alexis Nexus. I used to call it punishing people to, for doing business with us. All right, absolutely. But I'm wondering if there's a creative hybrid solution where I could kind of morph the two concepts together. Of course there is. Yeah. And I I don't know what that would look like. Yeah. So just uh, for the for the audience, what we're talking about here is the intake family law, particular intake process, right? So. How much is too much? How much is too little? What's the right cadence as far as when a new client is coming in? Do we talk to them as an intake, the initial intake to gather basic information as a precursor to signing them up to get the information necessary to know whether they'd be a good fit for the firm and whether the firm's a good fit for them? And then the part where they want legal advice and get legal questions answered. And how do we, how do you streamline that so that they get a great experience and yet the firm doesn't impede their progress through that process and make it make it uh, more difficult than it needs to be. So what you were thinking about, like with intake, is, you know, this, there's the intake process, the sales process, and then the, what I always consider whether it's afterwards or not, there's that first call with the attorney, even if the, the full retainer has been sold, is still a sales call. Um, regardless, because yeah. that's where they're going to make their final decision, whether they're, it's going to stick. So what do you like? Let's look at this from the client's perspective. What do you think clients want? I mean, other than they want to talk to their attorney right away for free. Right. Right? That's what they want. I think they want if I was because I've been in the experience, right? I want to get on the phone with the attorney. I'll even pay for it, but I want I want my my questions answered from a legal perspective. I'll right. pay and for I, it, but that's yeah. what I want. Now, of course, you are a lawyer. So does that color your your want? Because like we put ourselves, the interesting thing here is like we sometimes put ourselves in the way, right? We say, well, we can't, if you're not an attorney and you're in the intake process, you can't give legal advice, which is of course true. But I think we make the presumption that what they're looking for is legal advice rather than life advice, coaching. You know, well, but, I mean, but a lot of them do ask the question, like, how likely is it that I'll get custody? How likely is it that I'll have to pay alimony how like you know once you're once you're predicting and giving odds you're either providing legal advice or even doing something the lawyer shouldn't do right which is guaranteeing outcomes so that's what the client wants but the client really wants like if you if you zoom even farther back what the client really wants is to be moved from their place of uncertainty about their future to a place of more certainty about their future they're feeling incompetent they're feeling like they're facing a process that they don't know about. I don't know if I want to call that incompetent, but they're feeling powerless. That's the better word. They're feeling powerless in the situation. They want to feel yeah. either more powerful or that they've got the person with power on their side. 
to some extent, there's a challenge there in dealing with a non-attorney salesperson or an intake person. And that that person is not empowered to say the magic words in the magic court of law. So that's what the client wants. What's the client want to give up for that? Obviously, they would like to give up as little as possible. They they would rather pay nothing for this experience and get free legal advice. And what they really like is to call back several times to get more and more and more free legal advice and um, until they've learned enough to handle the entire case by themselves. I mean, is that a rhetorical question or you want me to answer what I think they want? I, I want you to answer for sure. I think they want two things. They want to feel comforted that somebody understands them. They have somebody they could finally talk to who like, yes, we're not therapists, but they spew. For some reason, we hold the attorney hold these, hold, holds the authority or the law firm holds the authority. So they, they want to finally get it off their chest. But I also think they want a crash course in, in my situation with the divorce. They want a crash course in what can I expect? Because they don't, their expectations, they don't have any expectations. Well, or they have the perceived expectation from their family and friends and law and order, uh, right. whatever the hell they're watching. And I just had that happen in my current consult. And I have to, because I'm sitting in the non-attorney salesperson role right now, I had to set expectations up front to make sure that they know this is a 3,000 foot view assessment of the case that within the hour, we are not going to be able to solve Rome or build Rome in the hour. And so I really want to get a deep understanding of what they want help with, how they even got here, what opportunities there may be for them, you know, life-wise and giving them whatever clarity I can. And I say from a non-legal perspective, something like that. Well, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've obviously tried to skin this cat lots and lots of ways and lots of different times. One of the solutions I've come to is that to your point, you're exactly right. They do want that kind of the crash course. And so I've developed a three email with three videos sequence to give that to them. So the sequence is what it takes to do business with us so that whoever, whoever they talk to gets to skip over that part um, and not have to talk about what makes our firm different. How do you do business with us? What are our, you know, how does our payment work and all that? Second one is what to expect in your case. And the third one is what to expect from your call. So I do a preconditioning so that they come to the call expecting what they're going to get. And so that when they get it, it's a, it's a fulfilled promise. I don't, I'll be honest, I don't in that do a whole lot of legal teaching or uh, you say like a crash course. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I try, I can't in an hour. I can't right. do that anymore. So it's more like, let's just study their mind at ease about the firm, about the process, about what they should expect and about, and about what, what the firm will do when they hire us. So like we talk about the fact that they'll get that strategy meeting right away, that they'll, they'll meet with their legal team who will answer all their questions right away. Am I right to think about it as, because sometimes I say this and I, I don't, I don't hundred percent know if I believe it, but today we're going to be talking about the what the how to is an event for another day. That's the second phase. That's the strategy section session. Cause there's 17 ways to skin a cat. There's eight, you know, there might be four different approaches. The how to here is the, what, what the, what are we discussing? Right. Can I frame it like that? Does that, 
I don't want them walk. If I mean, I, I can do some better preconditioning a hundred percent, but if I, I don't have that up and running right now, I need to set the expectation right at the start of the meeting. Yeah. Or even before the start of the meeting, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you know, I think that having that capability of doing, of, of preparing that, even preparing them, preparing their mindset, even before the start of their meeting is even better. Um, yeah, no, I will. I just don't have it set up right now. Right. Well, but I mean, yeah, not for nothing. You can do it today. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I guess I could. Yes, I definitely could. I mean, you know, it, literally I took half an hour to record the video. So I just did them in, in a way where, you know, I just basically did stream of consciousness. And, and then I, then I told the um, editor what I actually wanted out of it. And they put, they threw the three videos together. I'll be glad to share. Did I share them with you? I'll take so. Yeah. I'll be glad to send them to you. Then I did email copy that probably took me an hour to write the three emails. And then over the past several months, I've probably spent another couple hours rewriting them and rewriting them and rewriting them, just trying to tighten them up. And, uh, but yeah, the videos are done. And, and then, you know, building the sequence in my CRM took no time at all, really. It took another 15 minutes. And then, you know, that's just improved the conversion rate of the sales team. And it's also meeting, like I have a goal that I don't, suggest has to be everybody's goal, but I think it's a good one in that I want people who don't buy to speak well of us, right? I want, yeah, exactly. Uh, I want five-star reviews on Google mm-hmm. from people who decided not to do business with us. And if you think about it, if that's your mindset going in, then it, I think it kind of changes the whole way you approach the process yeah. because now you're not trying to make the sale in those videos. You're trying to educate, you're trying to Give them, and the beautiful thing is because it's a video, it's a you know done once, delivered many. You can you can provide that value uh, without eating up hours and hours and hours of your time. And you know, I, and then you can start your calls with, "Did you watch the video?" All right, yeah, right, right. I'm gonna go get a coffee. You watch the video. I'll be right back. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Law Clerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign-up is free, and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. But, but I don't think, I think we're kind of dancing around your question and not, not really hitting it head on. So what's the actual thing you'd like to resolve? Two things. I'd like, I already have a three-step process, which I actually feel, although feelings, you know, facts may, and feelings may be whatever, but I, I still feel that's a little annoying to the potential client. But I'd also like to lighten, somewhat lighten the load for the non-attorney salesperson in the sense of, I guess, not having to sell a, a full retainer package and maybe giving the client 
more confidence before they pay and then meet the attorney. I had a PNC ask me this yesterday. I'm like, well, and, and listen, they were super wealthy. It wasn't about the money. They just rightfully said, you know, well, do we get to meet this attorney you're speaking of who's going to handle the, the matter before we pay the retainer? And I was like, I basically nicely said no, but if for some reason you're not happy with that attorney, you know, we'll make it right. Like, don't think that you pay and then, you know, it, that's the, the end of the conversation. So I, I quote unquote convinced them that it, that was okay to go that, that route. But they're good questions. I can't deny that they're good questions. Right. Now, so my experience is that, and I, you know, I, I keep numbers on this, that it's less than 20% of the people that want to talk to the attorney before they can yeah. buy. I also can show that those, the conversion rate on those, even after they're allowed to talk to the attorney is lower by a lot because these are what our good friend used to call skeptics without criteria. They are so in love with their conflict that they've got this list of obstacles that they've can't, that they have to put in the way. And right. I have to talk with the attorney because like, you're talking like, listen, once in a while you get, you get a client or a prospective client who is sophisticated enough and has hired attorneys before and actually has some criteria that they want to talk to the attorney because they've got real criteria that they want to measure them against. Most of them don't like they have no idea. So you want to talk to the attorney and then what, you know, do you want to make sure that they are, that they can speak English, you know, that that they're uh, articulate. That's the word I was looking for Um, that they're articulate. You want to make sure that they are, uh, that they have one head, you know, what, what, what do you, what do you need to talk to the attorney? And it's just an obstacle. So the way we've gotten around that obstacle is we say, sure, that is absolutely possible. There is you know, that we have this product of talk to the attorney and you can buy that product and it is an expensive product, you know, depending on what your hourly rate is. I recommend that you give them 45 to 50 minutes at 1.5 times your hourly rate. So not 1.5 times the 45 minutes. So let's say if your hourly rate is $400, I suggest you give them 45 minutes for $600. And none of it's okay. applicable, zero yep. applicable to the fee. Yep. Um, yeah. It is a coaching call. It has its own independent value. You can call it a strategy session, whatever you want to call it. And then you can decide to buy, but you know, that's waste that money's down the tubes and, you know, hopefully you actually gave them value in that, but that way you're not eating up attorney time for prospects. You're actually, you know, it's a, actually can be a, a decent revenue which is not why you do it. You do it because 80 to 90% of the people will say, no, that's okay. I'll, why don't I just hire the attorney? And then of course, the, the reverse of it is you tell them what you just said. It's like, listen, I'm going to, you sign here. I'm going to sign you to your attorney. You're going to meet your attorney. If you don't like your attorney, you know, I'll give you everything, but the time, you know, the, the hour that you spent back right. or I'll assign you to another uh-huh. attorney. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got other attorneys. I'll sign you first. If you don't like anybody, I'll give you your money back. You know, where this isn't a trick. So why, why do I want the retainer up front? Because I don't want to waste my attorney's time with tire kickers. I'm not saying you are one, but I'm saying that I've learned this is my business. And I've learned that this process protects my team from wasting their time. And quite honestly, if you're not the right person to be talking to, that's wasting your time. I don't want to waste your time or their time. This conversation should be a conversation that's moving you forward in the process. 
it's true that that experience, I haven't had anybody ask for their money back. Right. So it, it works in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the ultimate, like, and, uh, you know, the, what I've talked to you about before and what, you know, what is one of my kind of mantras is that this is all very interesting chatter, but the goal, what we're actually after here is not, I'll be quite honest. It's actually not streamlining the client experience. It's not lightening the load of the salesperson. The actual goal here is plain and simple, improving the conversion rate of the business, right? So my goal of getting a five-star review for people who don't buy isn't for ego that I like having five-star reviews out there from people who don't buy. It's because that improves my conversion rates overall. More five-star reviews on Google, better conversion rate. But so any tweak we want to make to this intake sales consult process should come with a hypothesis. Like our conversion rate's been X. I want it to be better. We're going to try to do this change and then we're going to see. And if you want, you can even poll some people that have gone through your conversion process before and after to say, as a client experience, how would you rate this? And see if that goes up because that, that could have a down the road effect yeah. on conversion rates. But so for me, I think these are some good ideas. But quite honestly, they might improve conversion rates for me and not for you or vice versa, because you're in the North and I'm in the South, because your clientele is different than my clientele. And it just, you know, it, I'd, every, nobody, one of the dangers, of course, of advice like this is that, you know, every, everybody thinks like, oh, you know, if that works for them, it works for everybody. And everybody wants to just copy. Well, you can't copy. The only thing you can copy is the discipline of experimenting, measuring, and changing. Nearly 80% of people search for lawyers online. They visit websites and check reviews. If your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly, you risk losing clients. That's why you must know how your firm stacks up on Google against the competition. See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at Grow Law Firm. And that's growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Once again, growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Find out how TimeSolve fits your firm. With six different ways to track time, surely one will fit, even on the go. Or quickly estimate flat fee projects. Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft, all just plug in. Try TimeSolve free. Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. TimeSolve.com I think the path of least resistance, although it takes time that I don't currently have, is that better tweaking of the preconditioning. But I'm sitting in the non-attorney sales role. I have two that I'm looking to hire that one is most definite and the other one is pending somebody else watching a video to make sure I'm not insane. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. The other one is pending. So it's, it's when I have the, because right now, I mean, my intake, you know, it's easy to say, okay, you'll be meeting with the owner of the firm. Okay. Like nobody questions that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then I, and then I set the, the expectation up front and they don't even question me because I am who I am and I say it the way I say it. 
But when that new non-attorney salesperson comes into the, to the mix, then I'm going to have to recondition my intake. And that's, that's why I've been so training intake is such an important thing. And I have done all I think I can do because I don't think they're, no, I haven't had one person besides my cousin (laughs) who has done it successfully to really explain why it is fine to go talk to the dragon, to the non-attorney salesperson. Mm -hmm. So one thing I do, like, because we all sometimes get dragged back to the sales seat. Intake does not tell them they're going to, like, they tell them they're going to meet with Chris. That's it. Like, so, so the process doesn't have to change. They don't say, oh, you get to meet with the founder. You get to meet with the, with the owner. No, you're, I'm, I'm going to book you with Chris, um, who's going to take your call. And then, you know, I don't try to hide the ball, right? So when, I, when they get me, I say, hey, I'm very sorry to let you know that, unfortunately, nobody else was available and you have to speak to the founder of the firm. Um, and, uh, you know, because I just don't want them, I don't want them to think we hid the ball from them. But the intake doesn't tell them because I don't yeah, ever want intake know. to change. They know who Chris is. No, why would they know that? That's you. You're saying, or yeah, no, it, it is me. But they don't know. Nobody, the prospects don't know who Chris is. Right. So they're just assuming it's an attorney. Maybe, maybe making an appointment with Chris. Would, industry expectations would be that's oh, except my, we, except my preconditioning says you're going to meet with a with with uh, your your new client specialist um, who usually is not an attorney. We we've had some misunderstandings in that department that haven't gone over very well. So I'm trying to be extra upfront about it. And Oh yeah. It's in every email, every email. We, um, we've used a dragon for over four years. So I've been out of sales and attorneys have been out of sales for a long time in my firm, relatively speaking, but all of our correspondence regarding their consultations only says, you know, a client engagement specialist or a director of client engagement. And when it's sold, it's, to learn more about our process so we can learn more about your case, whether or not we're a good fit for you and your case is a good fit for the firm. But they're never led to believe um, that they're going to meet with an attorney. And like Christopher was saying earlier, if they insist on meeting with an attorney, I mean, we have a sales process for that, where they can pay more for an attorney's time. And almost no one wants to do that. We we may do one attorney consult every three months. When I had a non-attorney, I used to say, you know, do you know, we, I trained the intake to say, you know, have you watched the movie Aaron Brockovich? That's who you're going to, you're going to be meeting of that kind of, you know, where they're going to dig and get all the information. I used to say the male version of Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, that's great. I like that. I have have not used that. It was was a little, yeah, coin it. It was, it was relatable. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's, the meeting you're going to have. They get all the information, give you all the information about all, you know, all things but legal, yada, yada, yada. So that that worked out well. And here's an important point for this. Again, most buyers for both of you and for most consumer lawyers are not sophisticated buyers with legal services. Mm -mm. So let's look at the rest of their life, right? As, As we try to set expectations and do this. Do you call the doctor's office and say, before I'll book an appointment, I'd like to speak with the doctor? No. No, you book the appointment so you can speak with the doctor, right? (laughs) Right. Now, their experience isn't that they then pay before they speak to the doctor. So there is a difference there, right? But they don't get to speak to the doctor before they book the appointment. They got to 
do that. And that's true everywhere. You don't ever, you know, you go, you bring your car in the shop. I'd like to meet the mechanic before you work on my car. No, meet with some sales dude up front and you, you know, who asks you all the good questions. That's a good so, way to put it. So, and this is goes back to like the, the, the premise of that all is that we forget that we get to teach the client how to be a consumer. We get to yeah. tell them how this is done because they haven't yeah. done it. And so if you do it authoritatively, that's why like I, I suggest this, this preconditioning process with the videos or whatever, because like you just use that to say, this is how it's done. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, yeah. I hope nobody's told you differently, but you know, if you watch that TV show, this is real life. This is how it's done. And yeah. that way, by the time they're on the phone with you, you're already an authority with them. I like the um, response to overcome the objection. They're like, well, do you ask to speak to the doctor before you make an appointment? Yeah. And like, like, like snarkily, like, like even the mechanic, right? Like then, cause then they're like, oh yeah, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So I may take that. So, okay. I'll, I'll start with the videos, the preconditioning, and then um, see if that improves. It's something to do differently. Thank you for listening. This has been the Unbillable Hour Community Table on the Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, These immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.